Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 5-1 Formation Podcast. You're listening to the Premier League segment. My name is Alex Karabatz. I'll be your host for today. I'm joined by George, uh, but we're only two today because it is a very special person's day today, uh, birthday today. Uh, it is Tommy's birthday, and his family had uh, something special uh, done for him at the house, so he uh, he had to miss it for today, but we're going to cover for him. George, did you have anything to say about that? I just wanted to wish him a very, 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 very special Happy birthday, and uh, I wish him nothing but the best. I wish he was here, but obviously family first as always, and uh, I hope to see him real, real soon. We're gonna Absolutely, see him soon, like but uh, we're going to cover for him, so let's get right into it. Oh, yeah. So first things first, we want to kind of, I think, George, you have something to say to the audience about last week? Yeah, so uh, I'm not perfect. I'm just, you know, I'm a football fan. I follow the Premier League. I don't get everything right, but I, I want to say thank you for... I'm not sure who reached out. The admin of our of our Twitter account or wherever it was told us that uh, Tariq Lamptey for Brighton is not on loan. He is a permanent player. He was bought by Brighton, Brighton. from yeah. Chelsea. I thought he was still on loan, so I just wanted to clear that up. I know it's not the biggest the biggest mistake, but it's something that I did want to clarify right away before we get into it, it it's also important to us that we're very reliable and we give the right information out so obviously we wanted to clear that up um so thank you for doing that no problem that's awesome uh but but speaking of this young 19 year old right back uh like you said he was bought by brighton and in the last two games of the 2020 2021 campaign he's been outstanding and i think he's arguably the one of the, the best right backs in uh premier league right at this moment i'm saying Okay. Because he's in form. Uh, and last game versus uh, Newcastle, he won them the penalty. Uh, that was the first goal of the game. And uh, he's just been outstanding. He's just been a threat on that right flank. The guy's just like, he's almost like a mini Kante. Just small, gets into spaces and just terrorizes people with like his speed and like his agility. Obviously, his, his size is like a bit of a... a, bit of a uh, let down, I would say, but he makes up in other aspects. He makes it up, and, and he's so aggressive. Yeah, and that's what makes up for like the a little, a little bold the height. Yeah, 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 hundred percent, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. So I again, we wanted to bring him up uh, because he's a one to watch, and I think he's going to have a fantastic season. And I wouldn't even be surprised if if I we were to go as far to say if he continues on this path for the majority of the games, he might even get an England call up and be a nice backup to to, to Trent. I mean, uh, there is, like especially for the English England squad, like you just mentioned, there are a lot of uh, candidates. Yep. Let's just say, uh, like you said, Trent has that spot locked and loaded. He's like the best uh, right back in England, as so to so to speak. Right. You know, currently he there, he plays for the current champions, Liverpool. Um, there's also the likes of uh, Reese James. Kyle Walker. Kyle Walker. Uh, a lot of names there. There's a lot of competition when it comes to England. So maybe not now, but I would say maybe in like three to five years you can so see him. I think I brought it up that way because I know that Southgate isn't afraid to give the, the, the call up if he sees the potential and if he sees the right person for the job. Yeah. And he wouldn't be afraid to kind of stick it to another guy just to give it to Lampy, no, in my opinion. 100%. So 100%. I think it's super important and uh, we can't wait to see more of this guy because he's, he's a very special player. And uh, uh, don't forget, there's not a lot of fullbacks in the world or at least a lot of great fullbacks. And the fact that 
he's he's um, looking to be that type of player. Uh, for me, it, it's it's awesome to see. Uh, so next up, we have uh, Everton. So Everton going strong with a win over West Brom. 5-2, very solid win and two wins in a row now for Ancelotti's Everton of the year. Um, James Rodriguez scores his first goal, which was a great goal outside the box. Uh, per- perfect placement. He also got an assist in the game. Uh, one thing we realized right away is that the, the second someone started believing in him, who has always been Ancelotti, by the way, over the years, he played with him like we've said on the podcast many times before. He's played with he's played with him at uh, or he coached him at Bayern and at Real. Real and now at Everton. and now at Everton, he believes in him, and it seems like he's the only coach that does so. He gives him the chance, and Hamas just is rewarding him right now with that creativity um, and that brilliance on the pitch. Uh, for sure, I mean, uh, we we we've all seen Hamas like explode into the football world in that uh, famous 2010 World Cup. Was it 2010? Uh, yeah. 2010, 2010, 2014. Uh, it was one of the two. Yeah, it's 2010 uh, where he played for Colombia and Colombia had a very good run. And I think maybe the year after that, Real Madrid bought him and then his career kind of like went up and then there was like a bit of uh, ups and downs, obviously. But it's great to see a player like him, even though he's kind of like getting older, like I like we've mentioned before, uh, in the PL, fantastic. And I can't wait to see more of him. Yeah, no, he's been awesome. And uh, again, it's it's two games in. He's looking fantastic, but we're going to wait a bit to just to see. For sure, yeah. Let's not jump the gun on That's it. That's it. They're 2-0, but they look good. And uh, just quickly uh, on Everton again, uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin scores a hat-trick. And this guy, I've been talking about him, and my, my brother Dennis can, uh, can back me up on this. Uh, I've been talking about him for two seasons now, and I've been saying wait till he explodes. Last year, he really gave us a glimpse of of how um, much of a goal scoring threat he is, yeah. Under Ancelotti specifically, because he's the one who really put him to that spot. Um, and this year he's gonna explode. Just mark my words. He already came off with the hat trick. Oh yeah. And, and he's gonna just continue that goal scoring run. And he's he's super young too. He's twenty three. Uh, he has like years ahead of him yep. too. And he's only just getting better. Like you said, we've seen glints of him. Sorry, last year. Uh, I prefer him over Richarlison in that uh, set, that center striker position. And, uh, yeah, I just can't wait to see more of him. He's, again, another English player that seems to thrive very young. And England always seems to, like, have these players that they keep producing. And it's always tough for them to crack the first team, you know? So, yeah. And Richarlison, too, I like that you brought him up that way because what I wanted to say about him was that um, he reminds me a lot of, of uh, Rashford in the sense where he's a lot better coming in from the left wing yeah. than playing up at striker. Yeah. And we've seen that a lot. Once Ancelotti came in, because Richarlison was always at striker before yeah. Ancelotti. When Ancelotti came in, he brought him to the left, threw up Calvert-Lewin, and it's been a fantastic partnership since. So Everton looking very good. We'll see what happens uh, next week and the week after that. Um, so this one's a big one. So Tottenham. They're very busy on and off the pitch. Uh, 5-2 win versus uh, Southampton. Sun with four goals and Kane with four assists. Now, uh, for me, right away, I told you guys in the group chat that we have for the for the podcast. Sun, I feel every single time I watch him, I feel like he has better finishing than 80% of the like striker strikers in the Premier League. You know what I mean? Every okay. time I watch him play, the way he finishes... It's like sometimes I, I 
I wait to see that from other strikers in the Premier League. You know? Yeah. Like, I, the majority of them, I'll oh, say. I agree. I agree. I, I remember... Cough, cough, uh, Martial. Yeah. Okay. Or cough, cough, uh, Gabriel Jesus. Or, or Ga- Gabriel Jesus is a, is a nice example as well. You know? It's just the quality of his finishing, the way I've, I've seen him... It's it's mind blowing that it comes from a left winger or a left mid. There was a there was one goal specific like I can't remember, but there was one goal specifically in that game where he like I don't know he like it was the way he grabbed the ball and turned around and managed to put the ball in the back of the net. I was like fuck he yep. actually he actually put that in the back of the net. I was like and like you said like co- not coming from a striker and more from like a left wing role. It's very, impressive. Very very impressive and. Uh, yeah, like you said, uh, fantastic, fantastic. fantastic. You, I just hope he keeps up. That's it. But it's it's just crazy because you see him going through the, towards the net. You're like, he's going to do something special. You could tell by the way. And he's so confident in yeah. his ability to finish. Four goals in a game. Like, that's insane, man. In the Premier League, like, that was awesome. A great, fantastic performance. Um, and you can't mention him without mentioning uh, Kane, who got four assists on his four goals. Yeah. Uh, that partnership, fantastic. Go for it. Uh, all I have to say is, for me, I I see Harry Kane as the complete striker as of today because he can do it all. He's great in penalty spots. He's a great finisher, great in the air, great assister. He, he can come back and set plays. I don't see a striker like a number nine do as much as he does. Now, okay, granted, people might say, ah, okay, yeah, but he, everyone's going to argue their case kind of thing, you know? But for me, the way I see it is right now in the Premier League, he is the complete striker. That's fair. That's fair, and I actually agree with that. Um, now, one thing about Tottenham that really surprised me and I think was the, the reason that, to their win uh, was when I looked at the lineup, the, Mourinho played with a 4-3-3. Now... We've watched Mourinho for years. When has he ever played a 4-3-3 in the last couple of years that you know you've watched? Because the first formation that, that I've come that I've seen from Mourinho in the last couple of years has been a 4-2-3-1. Yeah. So when I saw a 4-3-3, I think they took that loss to Everton a little hard, uh, especially him. And I think he wanted to send a message to not only the fans but to everyone, maybe doubting him a bit. And he came out with a 4-3-3, and that, that lineup just exploded. And I think that 4-3-3 lineup gave Kane maybe that freedom to do more. Is that possible? Uh, very possible, but I, I must say that a 4-3-3 and a 4-2-3-1, is, they, they're very similar. And throughout play, they can change okay. uh, formations. I'm not going to get into the, specifics, in, the yeah. specifics and details. So they are very similar. It's just how you... How you manage your midfield is depending on how you're going to manage the rest of the team. But uh, shout out to uh, Tange and Dombele. He did play that game and he looked pretty fucking solid. And there's been a lot of criticism uh, towards him concerning about his fitness, concerning about, oh, like there's so many people that rave about him, but they're saying, okay, but when, but when, but when. And I think that game, you got just a little glimpse of it. I'm just hoping for their case that he continues. Lo Celso too, he continues and nobody gets injured and they kind of keep like the high form. Granted, it is West Brom also, not the toughest appointment. No offense to West Brom, but it's a good bounce back from what they, from uh, from the last game against Everton. Uh, the thing about Ndombele now is that uh, he got subbed off at the 45th minute 
And at that point, they were trailing. So I think uh, maybe he didn't see something that he liked from him that game. There has been a bit of back and forth with him and Mourinho uh, that a lot of people are starting to really realize now, especially after the doc that they released on Amazon Prime. And you get to see that relationship a bit, uh, how it's a bit rocky. Um, but he took him off at the 45th. La Celso came on. And again, once that switch was made, the entire game changed. And then Sun and Kane exploded. So, uh, you know, it's tough to... to to maybe uh, be harsh on Mourinho for taking him off the 45th. But when you look at the score after the, the sub was made, you, you think of Mourinho as a, as a brilliant manager. So yeah. it's a tough situation. We're hoping for Tongi's and Dombele's sake uh, that it gets worked out because he is a fantastic midfielder. And we hope to see a lot more of his brilliance on the field. Uh, but but again, we'll, we'll see how that relationship works itself out. It's still early in the season. But... Yeah. This this Tottenham team is under uh, a revolution. Yep. Let's just say with the new players that they're signing. So, uh, big news for Tottenham, and I'm sure a lot of Tottenham fans are super happy. I know for a fact uh, he he would be sitting he would there, be but sitting he's right not there. sitting yeah. there. Um, Tommy, he's super happy. My brother too is also a Spurs fan, whose also his name is Tommy. Kind of funny. Uh, Regulion who has been linked to them, finally put pen to paper, 30 mil left back uh, position acquired for uh, Spurs. And like I said, I think it would be a better fit for him compared to him going to Manchester United. Great signing, but the biggest signing that most Tottenham fans are excited about, or at least that I think, is the flying Welshman, Gareth Bale, back with Spurs. My brother said he had tears in his eyes when... Uh, Tommy did too. And Tommy, I'm sure he did too. But uh, yeah, uh, Gareth Bale back with Spurs. It's a season-long loan, I think, with an option to extend it for two years. Uh, I'm just hoping that he can get to full fitness and he can get into the starting lineup and play regular football. I don't care if he's bad, good, mediocre. I just wanted to see him play. Yep, I think we can all agree to that. Um, and this is what I kind of wanted to see on the two signings you just brought up. I think Levy um, finally deserves some praise here because he's been getting shit on a lot oh, for uh, sure. these last couple of months about him, um, how inactive he is uh, during the transfer window for Tottenham. And with these two buys, the, this was fantastic. Number one, Sergio Reguillon. He was going to Man U. That, he was going to go there. That was, the, that was the thing that, that was the talk of the town. Now, Man U couldn't, for some reason, agree to the buyback clause that Real wanted in the contract. Tottenham agreed to it. They got him. And this kid is fantastic. He's going to be a massive, remember that word, massive upgrade over Davies. And once once he starts playing, he's going to bring that attacking threat to the team on that left side. And if he's able to um, communicate well with Sun, they're going to create a very dangerous combination there on the, on left, that side, le- on the yeah. left flank. Now, let's move on to the right side with Gareth Bale. Gareth Bale is going to be injured for about a month now, for a couple of weeks. Jose did come out and say uh, today that um, Bale might be coming actually a lot sooner than people think. So I think he's aiming for a two to three week break uh, instead of a, a whole month off. Now, when Gareth comes back, let's be honest here, that right side is, is going to be his. Yeah. As long as he's fit. 100%. And when he grabs it, um, this is Gareth Bale we're talking about here. 31 years old, but I still believe that he has it given the right opportunity. Back in the Prem, 
he's had his best career. He's had his best seasons in the Prem before when he was with Tottenham. Um, so what do you think about that? What do you think about Gareth Bale on that right side? Honestly, uh, if everything goes well, like you said, if he stays fit and if he gets regular playing time, which I think he will, I think that combination of Son, Harry Kane, and Gareth Bale is a lethal, lethal, lethal attacking threat in the Premier League. Some may argue even more lethal than uh, Mane, uh, Firmino, and Salah. I think it is. On paper, it looks good. On, yeah, that's a good point. On paper, you would choose that, but let's see how they they gel together. And let's see how they gel, and let's see how they work under Mourinho's system. Yep. So, like, like I always say with everything, everything will unfold with time. So, just to finish off the Tottenham uh, section is uh, great on Levy. Uh, I've I've personally shot on him many times before. A lot of people have. Uh, but this this was fantastic for the club, uh, especially after COVID. I'm sure some of the deals were very tough to make. Um, and uh, great on him and great on the club. And for Tommy's sake, uh, I know how happy he is about this whole thing. I hope it works out for him. Oh, yeah. Uh, so let's move on. So disaster day for Chelsea uh, after losing 2 nothing to Liverpool. So a red card early for Andreas Christensen um, and then a giveaway goal from Kepa. So is it time for Kepa? First of all, uh, is it time for Kepa to maybe eat some bench here? Unfortunately, I'm going to have to say yes because I still, it's tough, man. I still believe he has the ability. He is young-ish. He's turning 26 next, uh, in October next month. Is he getting older? Older, yeah, whatever level, let's just say. But um, the positions that they desperately need, that they desperately need fixing, the solutions are there. They just haven't come yet. So they made it official during the game too. Well, Fabrizio Romano tweeted, uh, official Eduard Mendy, he's coming to Chelsea. And we're still waiting for Thiago Silva uh, to like lead the back line, the back four. And I think he's going to help a lot. I'm pretty sure he's going he's gonna to start next game on the weekend. I don't know who they're playing, but we'll, we'll get back to that. Um, but yeah, uh, that whole red card incident is because I'm pretty sure, and I think most people can agree, is that Christensen didn't have the confidence that Keppel was going to do something about it. So he pulled him down. He did what he had to do. And then playing one man down to like the champs, I'm sorry, you're not going to go anywhere. I, you know? First of all, you know this for a fact. I told you I didn't blame Christensen for that. No. I didn't blame him. You know, Getting the red was unfortunate, but he had to do it. He didn't trust his goalie, and that's a hu- that was a huge sign for me. Uh, and now that they got Mendy uh, from Ren, um, I think there's a, I think a, a different goalkeeper needs to kind of come in and kind of maybe tell, send a message to Kepa a bit, you know, like hey, I, you're not alone here, and I'm coming for your spot, and if you don't act up soon, um, because we're trying to win championships here. And we can't do it with, with the way you're goalkeeping right now. Agreed. And the goalkeeper position is probably one of the most important positions uh, in the in the starting 11. Yep. If you don't have a good goalkeeper, you're not going to win titles. It's yeah. just as simple as that. Exactly. And that's why I didn't want to get too much in the game with you either is because that this 2 nothing loss doesn't tell me anything for Chelsea's side because don't forget, Chelsea were playing, uh, they weren't playing with a full lineup. Let's yeah. wait and see how they look with uh, Ziyech, Hakim Ziyech in the lineup. Yeah. Christian Pulisic, your new number 10, yeah. uh, and Thiago Silva leading the back line. And Ben Chilwell, too. And Ben Chilwell, too. Great point. But uh, Alonso's been okay. He's been okay. 
For now. For now. But for the now. reason why they got Ben Chilwell is to bolster up the, the back four. I'm telling you. That's why I think it. it uh, Chelsea fans shouldn't worry too much right now. You guys, like, just wait and see when that full lineup is out, how you guys play, and then we'll really see how it goes from there. Patience. Patience, exactly. Um, so Arsenal win 2-1 versus West Ham. Uh, Arteta, Arteta just got it right this time. Again, he's just been fantastic. Uh, 2-0 start um, uh, in the season. And then Keita, who's 21, he came in uh, late in the game. Arteta subbed him on. He got the game winner late. Uh, Arteta was just freaking out on the sidelines because he really knew that that was, that was his managerial moment to kind of shine, and, it, yeah. and he did. Um, and what a great start to the season. Now, Arsenal do have uh, a couple of tough games coming up. So uh, let me just pull that up for you guys quick, quick, because their schedule isn't too pretty um, right now. So let's let's see this. So they have um, let's, they have Leicester next week, or on when, actually Wednesday for a League Cup. They have Liverpool next Monday. And then they have Sheffield, Man City, and Leicester again. So... The, the first two wins, like they were good for, for confidence. They're very good for form. But uh, let's see how they start acting up when it comes to the bigger teams that they're going to about to start playing. Well, they're about to play the biggest team in, uh, in England with uh, Liverpool. Yeah. And uh, Liverpool, two, two, game, two games in, they have six points. They're not, they, they look like they haven't missed a step. Obviously, with the Chelsea game, it was a bit unfortunate for Chelsea, but... They look, like I said, they look like they haven't missed a step and they look pretty solid. Arteta can still pull it off. He has his starting goalkeeper back. Okay. His team looks solid right now in terms of how they're gelling. Yeah. Um, he has a couple of new center backs that look solid in the back as well. So um, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a very interesting game. That That's a, def- a must watch, guys. Must watch for sure. Um, so let's move on. So Crystal Palace, they thump United 3 1. Uh, very tough loss for United. They had a full lineup out, so there was no excuses there. Not necessarily. There were a couple of changes. Uh, what would you say then? Uh, right back, Aaron Wan Basaka didn't play. Now, would you consider that like? Would you really change what I said because of him not miss, not being in the lineup? Listen, I feel like he does provide a lot of attack, uh, offensive threat because he does like to move forward a lot. He, you know, same style as Trent. And I think he, he was a very good player breaking out into the Manchester squad. Actually, from Crystal Palace, too. He was from Crystal Palace, you yeah. Know? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's very tough to say. I feel like uh, United, because I watched a bit of the game, United looked a little lethargic. Crystal Palace looked like they were on the beat, you know? And it's just unfortunate. Now, say what you want to say. Uh, Manchester United fans are completely outraged with the board, with this, with that, but it is what it is, you know. So I'm happy you brought up the board because I think that's really where United fans are really upset right now. And it's not really with the squad, it's more with the board. So uh, I want to shout out our friend, uh, Andrew Rossi. He kind of um, uh, reached out to us and wanted us to ask a question here. So if you are Woodward, do you splash the cash on Sancho or would you splash it on multiple positions? And which players do you guys have in mind? So uh, I'll take it from here to start off. Um, first of all, you're not getting Sancho this season. And I can guarantee you that because the, the, the Dortmund director came out again for like the fourth or fifth time and said, he is not for sale. The season has started. He's staying with us. Move on. Done. Finished. So 
You're not getting Sancho. Now, with the $120 million that you might have spent for him, why not focus that money on the areas that you need to improve? So first things first, United fans, I'm sorry. Lindelof is not starting center back material. He's not confident in the back. He's not confident on the ball as he was when he was with Benfica. It's, it's a very different ball game here. There's too much pressure. Yeah. Left back position. They were going after Reguillon. They couldn't agree with the terms. They couldn't get him. Another fuck up. And now you're stuck with Shaw, who didn't look good in that Crystal Palace game at all. Martial. I've been saying it countless, <laughs> and you're going to laugh, and they're going to hate me for it. But Martial is not... Again, maybe off the bench, he can provide something else. But for me personally, I'm not even saying this because it's United. As a soccer, when I'm watching him, as a soccer fan, when I'm watching him, he doesn't give me that goal-scoring threat that I see in some other players. Yeah. So where do, where do they go from here? They got that Donny van de Beek. Great. And he's the one who scored. I, yeah. Funny enough, on his debut. And he was, he was I think he tweeted or he, he had posted a message on social media saying that even though he scored, he was still very upset that they lost because he seems like a team player. He seems like he's in it to win it, not just for himself, but right. for the team. So, like, it's tough. Blame the board, blame this, blame that. It's, it's really, really tough to, to know what to do. Now, the way I see it is just do exactly like what Pep did with Man City. He got stones. It was good for one or two seasons. Okay, moving on. They got Ake. They're trying to get Koulibaly. They're active. Even though they've spent whatever, three to four hundred million on the back line or whatever the number is, you still, you gotta, you gotta replace those weak points in your team right away. Like you said, Luke Shaw didn't look good. If he, if, if, if he does look good, it's every once in a while. And if he, and if, and if it's if he's not looking good, it's because he's injured. And then he ter- like so many factors. There's no like solid foundation to Manchester United. And like, where was Pogba in all of this? Pogba had a very poor game. Where was Bruno in all of this? Didn't really stand out for me. You Again, know, this I- is one game, and I feel like uh, our listeners probably think that uh, we're too harsh on United. But the truth is, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you this: with United, because they have championship ambitions we have to be harsh on those kind of teams because you're not going to go anywhere with a 3-1 loss to uh to crystal palace on your debut you know what i mean no 100 percent. like you need to attack what's what's going wrong very quickly fix them and come back next game and show out and another thing too like they're they throughout the whole summer and even before they're They've been linked to this player, that player, Sancho, Reguillon, uh, all of these players, and they haven't seemed to uh, to get the pull to put that player and make him sign that Manchester United contract. And I don't know what it is. And maybe it's because Manu doesn't have the same pulling power that they used to have because they're they're not at the elite level that they used to be back in the in the 2000s or back when Fergie was uh, was coaching. They're trying to be that, but I feel like they're nowhere near that and i don't i know it's coming bias from a chelsea supporter and everything like that but that's how i feel about them because manchester united like i've said before in the podcast previously is the biggest club known in the world to england you ask a random person oh uh, manchester united isn't that an english team people know who man united is but they're not living up to the name 
And that's why I think uh, United fans, when they're listening to you say this, that they'll probably disagree and they'll right away think to themselves, it's the board. It's the board. It's the board. And the reason why they couldn't get those players is because of the management. They didn't have the right guys making those moves. And that's why they fell through. Again, with Reguillon, like I said countless times already, they could have had him. He was going to go there. He was ready to go to Man U. But they couldn't agree for some weird reason. They couldn't agree to add the buyback clause into the contract. And they let him go. And there have been so many players over the transfer window for Man United. You've seen their name again and Pop again. Up here, there. Like, like exactly. But um, they're looking at Alex Tellez right now uh, from Porto. Fantastic left back. A lot of potential there. Um, and apparently the talks are going really well. So we'll see what happens with that. But uh, they need to come back from that win with a very strong statement next game. That's all I'll say. I hope so. And just just one more thing before we move on to Manchester United. I've noticed recently, in like recent years, maybe two, three, four years, that United, for some reason, they always start poorly to the season. And as soon as December, January comes, they change. They snap out of it. They go on an 18-game winning streak like uh, how they did last year. And then somehow they make it into the top six, top four, or whatever. So we are being harsh because it is only the first game. Like, like what we were talking with, uh, with Tottenham. The first game they lost to Everton and we were fucking like, everyone was going crazy. Yep. But look what happened the next game. They bounced back. So the season is long. We are being harsh. And that's it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll end it there. Perfect. So um, let's go back to Liverpool very quickly. Uh, they acquired two fantastic players in the span of 24 hours. So they acquired Thiago from Bayern Munich for 30 million, which is just wild to me. Uh, and they got Diogo Jota from um, from the Wolves. Uh, sorry, from Wolverhampton Wanderers uh, for 41 million. So first things first, Thiago, world class midfielder, arguably one of the best in the world uh, at this moment, especially uh, after winning the treble uh, with uh, Bayern Munich. So Liverpool just adding to their ranks here. He's going to easily crack that uh, starting 11 um, the second he's, he's fit and ready to go with the, with the tactics. Um, one thing I quickly mentioned to you guys was the fact that he, started, he, um, he came in as a sub. He, uh, Henderson subbed off and he came in and it was crazy to me at the 45th minute that he did that uh, on this first, I think it was like maybe a couple of hours, like 24 hours after he got signed with Liverpool. But he's an experienced player, so he's very, it was very easy for him to come into the game. So you know? I have like this small little theory about how the deal went through. I'm not going to get like too, too crazy about it, but this is just how my crazy brain works. So I think Liverpool were delaying the deal until right at the beginning of the season, just so he can continue camp and training and offseason with Bayern. Because... They knew Bayern weren't going to budge from the 30 mil. And let's be honest, Liverpool had the money. So they weren't being stingy. They were being strategic about it. That way, when they signed him, they can use him right away for a game. It was all planned. That's just a theory that it's I have. Possible. It's very possible. And, uh, and listen, he came into the game 45 minutes, completely controlled the midfield. Uh, okay, granted, Chelsea were 10 men. But you see the quality right away. No, fantastic. No, definitely. You, you said it perfectly. Um, and uh, speaking of them again, Diogo Jota, uh, he's a fantastic and talented winger that came from the from Wolves. Um, now, he's going to have a, a much tougher time 
cracking into the starting 11 because the, one thing, first things first, he is young, a lot to learn still. And Mane has that uh, position locked and loaded for another three, four years until his contract's up. So we'll, we'll see where that goes, but he's going to learn. Uh, Klopp is going to put him in for the cup games. He's going to throw him in late whenever he needs a change uh, in the game plan. So we'll see what happens with that. But I've watched this kid play a uh, very talented dribbler. He's a, he works hard. Uh, and it's exactly what Klopp needed uh, as a backup to those wingers that he has. Yeah, perfect. It's like uh, the replacement of the sh- of uh, Shakiri. That's perfect, exactly. Um, so let's move on here. So City season opener, they win three one versus Wolves. Uh, Nathan Ake very solid uh, in his debut. Um, so I'm very out as a City fan. I was very happy to see that. Uh, don't forget, we had Aguero out with injury. Laporte out because I think he caught COVID. Uh, and he's out for, I think, another week or two. Um, and as well as Gundogan was out with COVID as well. So a couple of key guys out there, but uh, we look pretty good today. Uh, I'm very happy with the win. And uh, Wolves are a tough team. So for us to get a nice 3-1 win in our, in our debut, um, it was very it was promising for me. And uh, seeing Aki the way he played, it was, uh, I was very happy with that. Oh, for sure. I mean... Uh... A little disappointing on Wolves' side. I thought they were they would come out a lot stronger, but the first half they looked very sluggish and they didn't seem like uh, up to speed with things. Second half was a bit different, but I think at that point the game was it was a bit too late for them to kind of turn it around. They did score that goal, but couldn't make the difference. A key guy missing on that right side who went to Tottenham was Matt Doherty, and he was a big big piece of that uh, Wolves team, and I think that maybe hurt them a bit. Because Adama Traore is on that right side, but he doesn't have the defensive capabilities that Matt Doherty has. And that's where they were lacking today. But they got Nelson Semedo. Who we just mentioned in the La Liga segment. So uh, fantastic signing for them for about 30, 30 35 million, which is uh, for me personally a, a steal. Yeah. Um, considering how, how much fullbacks go for now. Um, and Wolves... They literally just replaced Doherty with Semedo, and it's for me, it's a perfect replacement because he can provi- provide both attacking capabilities and defensive capabilities. And he's Portuguese. So and he's Portuguese, so he's he going to fit in. right into that team, which, by the way, if anybody didn't know, it's FC Portugal now. We're not calling them Wolves anymore. FC yeah. Portugal, and even their third jersey looks like FC Portugal. So bust out the Natash, the Churis, and let's go. That's it. But uh, I'm not too worried about Wolves. Um, once he comes in and he attacks, he, he attacks that spot, uh, they're going to be just fine and back to the, the old Wolves that we know of. Um, one last transfer I want to say before we end off. Um, Chengi's under to Leicester City. Is it Tusik under or something like that? I don't know. Chengi. To, I Chen, think it was Tusik, right. Chengi's, right? Susan, Susan, I don't know. It's one of those. Anyways, it's very tough to pronounce his first name. Turkish delight. He's a Turkish delight and definitely adding to that uh, Leicester attack. Um, Leicester City, uh, they've been awesome in the transfer market. Let's be honest here. Yeah. Um, And they're just adding to their ranks. They're still trying to find their their place. Um, They are top six quality. We've seen them in the last four or five years. But I think they're every year you see them just pushing a little more. And last season, I really believe... Uh, and you can quote me that if, if COVID didn't happen, I really believe they had that third place locked and loaded with the way they were going before the season was halted. That momentum. Yeah. yeah. And Under is going to provide a lot of attacking threat to that team, which they already have so much of. So I can't wait to see him in that team. Uh, did you have any comments? 
Not necessarily. Uh, very young player too. Uh, I feel like he didn't really. I don't really follow Serie A. He was playing for Roma, right? He was playing for uh, for Roma. Yeah. Um, so I didn't. Re- I don't really follow Serie A like as much as some of my other partners do. <laughs> but uh, hopefully he can crack a spot and maybe see what he see what he's made of. Perfect. Uh, last fun fact, just to end the segment off here: uh, forty-four goals scored in ten matches for week two in the 20-team season history. So a lot of goals were scored over the weekend. Uh, we love to see it. We're big Premier League fans, uh, and it's it's been fantastic for these two weeks that we've had it, and we can't wait to see more of it. Oh, for sure. So uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to the Premier League segment. Don't forget to check us out on our other segments as well. And when you have a chance, please subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, YouTube, and Apple. Also, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Insta, and Facebook at 5-1-Formation. Thank you for listening as always, and have a good one. Peace.